Welcome to Celebrate Poe. My name is George Bartley, and this is episode number 103, Back in the USA, or Poe Returns to the United States. The intro and outro music for this episode are from what was said to be Edgar Poe's favorite song, Come Rest in This Bosom. Now, perhaps the most famous, as well as prestigious scholarship in the world, is the Rhodes Scholarship. The Rhodes Scholarship is a postgraduate award for students to study at the University of Oxford and is the oldest graduate scholarship program in the world. Now, this is going somewhere. At first, the Rhodes Scholarship was restricted to male students and most of the initial students, uh, and probably the students we are most familiar with, came from the United States, with some from Germany and England. Later, the Rhodes Scholarship Program became open to women as well as any country. Eight former Rhodes Scholars became heads of government or state, perhaps the most famous being William Jefferson Clinton, former President of the United States. The Senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker, and Transportation Senator Pete Buttigieg are also Rhodes Scholars. The singer Chris Christofferson, as well as the journalist and television host Rachel Meadow, was a Rhodes Scholarship recipient. Among Rachel Meadow's many talents is the off-handed, sometimes casual podcast and television program she hosts. She often begins an episode with something that might seem interesting but makes you think, what in the world does this have to do with anything? What in the world does this have to do with the subject? And then she brings it all around and all back to illustrate and make clearer the topic. I'm trying to use a variation on that technique to illustrate an observation about the subject in this podcast episode. So see, you might very well say, what does all this about the Rhodes Scholarship have to do with Edgar Poe? Well, I think it's fair to say that an important important part of any Rhodes Scholar's education is just the opportunity to study in England, in this case, specifically Oxford University. While Poe certainly did not study at Oxford, he did spend several years also studying in England, an American who studied in England. His studies in Great Britain were not the result of a scholarship, but because his family lived in England for several years. And all this took place before Poe was 10 years old, perhaps during an even more formative period of his life than the typical Rhodes Scholar recipient. So when Poe did return to the United States, in addition to his brilliant mind, he had an educational advantage that the other students in Richmond his age simply did not have. It is said that uh, travel broadens one, that uh, a summer spent abroad broadens your view of the world. Imagine the incredible sights, knowledge, and even view of the world that the young Edgar Poe developed in England through studying abroad. And imagine the impressions that living abroad formed on his mind. Let me begin this episode today with a brief look back at Edgar Poe's earlier life. I thought it might be a good idea to go over a brief recap of Edgar Poe 
life until now, or up till now. Celebrate Pose started out with uh, just a handful of downloads, but is nearing 5,000 downloads in 64 countries. So some of this material might be completely new to some of you. Could that be, well, well, it looks like the ghost of Mr. Poe. Well, you're, you're always welcome, Mr. Poe, but I wasn't expecting you until, until next week's episode. Hello, Mr. Bartley. I have been listening to some of your previous episodes with a great deal of interest and have come to the conclusion that you could certainly benefit from my assistance. Well, well, thank you, I guess. Uh, for those of you, though, who might be new to Celebrate Poe, let me introduce the ghost of Mr. Edgar Allan Poe, who, probably the best way to put it, will reflect on various incidents of his life and aspects of his works throughout this podcast. I am certainly cognizant of the fact that you desire the ghost of Mr. William Shakespeare as well as myself for a future episode, perhaps two or three, about the education that we received. Naturally, we will be here to satisfy those informal commitments. Thanks. That, that means a great deal to me. Now, regarding my origins, I was born on January the 19th, 1809, in Boston, Massachusetts. My parents were traveling actors, and they were appearing in Boston. I was the second child of David and Elizabeth, or, or you might refer to her as Eliza Poe. Most scholars believe that my father deserted the family in 1810, and my mother died of consumption when she was appearing in Richmond, Virginia in 1811. It must have been a traumatic experience to watch your young mother pass away and you and Rosalie not really sure what was happening. Yes, her, her death was a traumatic experience for my younger sister and myself, largely because we had witnessed so much of my mother's suffering. And now, for some reason, a reason that we did not understand, she had stopped breathing. At that young age, it would have been very difficult, if not impossible, for any toddler to understand the concept of death. And the Poe children obviously had no parents to take care of us, though I doubt that we fully understood that at the time. Fortunately, John Allen, a wealthy Richmond merchant and his wife, Frances Valentine Allen, took me in to raise. What about your younger sister, Rosalie Poe? Yes, dear Rosalie went to live with the Mackenzie family also in Richmond. Mrs. Mackenzie was a friend of Mrs. Allen. And I believe you had an older brother, William Henry Leonard Poe. What happened to him? He went to live with a family in Baltimore. I will speak of him at length in the future. At least now you could say that you were accepted by a family who could, uh, how should I put it, were, were of more substantial economic means. 
Ah, oh, Mr. Bartley, while I am certain that you know that the Allen family never formally adopted me, they did give me the name Edgar Allen Poe. I lived with the family in their home in Richmond, and the Allens ensured that I was baptized in the Episcopal Church. Mr. Poe, I know from personal experience that the Episcopal Church has a great deal of Scripture in its services. Perhaps this partially accounts for your frequent references or allusions to the Scriptures in your works. Perhaps, yes. Now, one must remember that John Allen was a businessman with quite a few economic concerns. One of his most successful ventures was with tobacco, a crop that was to make him quite wealthy. As a result, he would occasionally spoil me. Yes, but uh, as I understand it, Mr. Allen often, uh, how should I say it, uh, intermixed his, his laxity with severe discipline. Yes, occasionally Mr. Allen was to become quite miserly towards me in a most cruel manner. That back and forth of affection from John Allen had to be very confusing for you, and, and if you will pardon me, even emotionally scarring for a young person. Oh, I am certainly cognizant of the fact, and, and no offense is taken. I can look back and see that the relationship between John Allen and myself was to become more and more strained as I became older. Yes, we will definitely see that when we discuss your attendance at the University of Virginia, as well as several experiences in the military. But I'm getting ahead of myself. When I was a boy... I accompanied the family, well, what choice did I have, to Britain. Initially, when I was six years old, I began attending grammar school in Irvine, Scotland. Wasn't Irvine John Allen's original hometown? Yes, you are correct in your observation. However, we eventually went on to London. At first, I attended school in Chelsea. Do you remember how long you studied there? That was only until the summer of 1817. So it was then that you attended school at Stoke Newington? More properly known as Reverend Bransby's Manor House at Stoke Newington. How far was this from London? The Manor House was approximately five miles from that gigantic city, at the time the largest city in the Western world. But the quaint village atmosphere of Stoke Newington could not have been more different. So when did you leave Stoke Newington? That was in 1820. John Allen found that his business ventures in England were not as successful as he had hoped and found it necessary for the family to return to Richmond. Celebrate Poe will certainly delve deeper into the dynamics regarding the relationship between John Allen and you in future episodes. But what can you say about your feelings during and immediately after you returned from England? Ah, uh, that is a most complex subject. To be fair, John Allen basically did his best to raise me to be a Virginia gentleman and a good businessman. He wanted me to be a successful merchant like him. 
I do feel that either he could not or would not understand that I was not like him. I did not have the, as you say, internal drive to become a successful merchant like John Allen. Well, uh, what would you say you were interested in? At that point in my life, I was not completely sure regarding what I was most interested in. Could you give an example of something that did interest you? If you mean specifically, I was quite fascinated with the writings of Lord Byron. Ah, yes, last year, Celebrate Poe had several episodes regarding Lord Byron when the podcast dealt with the Romantics. One might say, though I was not completely aware of it at the time, that I aspired to write poetry. I even fantasized about what it might be like to write poetry like Lord Byron and live his rather unconventional life. Poetry and Lord Byron are two areas that are quite different from the plans that John Allen had for you. Yes, and in reflecting on my earthly life, it becomes clear that the basic differences regarding my interests and future would only increase the conflicts between John Allen and myself. Thank you, Mr. Poe. I know that situations where a parent has one plan for the son or daughter and that child has a quite different plan can be extremely difficult, if not traumatic, situation. I am hopeful that this brief narrative regarding my earliest years will prove most instructive and allow us to continue relating the story of my earthly existence. So let's return to the period where the Allens left England. Do you feel that the experience in England changed you? Ah, yes. My, my visits to the British Museum alone taught me a great deal. And when I entered Stoke Newington, I must admit I was quite backwards with my studies. But when I left, I was able to speak the French language and was able to construe any easy Latin author. And I was introduced to some of the glories of classical literature, an intriguing subject that will be explored, though not in depth, during future podcast episodes. In other words, I was far better acquainted with history and literature than many older boys of better opportunities. Reverend Bransby said of me, Edgar Allen was a quick and clever boy and would have been a very good boy if he had not been spoiled by his parents. But they spoiled him and allowed him an extravagant amount of pocket money which enabled him to get into all manner of mischief. Still, I liked the boy. Poor fellow, his parents spoiled him. Reverend Bransby also wrote, Allen was intelligent, wayward, and willful. I know in previous episodes I have spoken about conditions of various boarding schools and problems that any young student might have. But based on your comments, Mr. Poe, you just might have displayed the characteristics of a bright, strong-willed boy who could become the leader of your Stoke Newington schoolmates. Your observation is most interesting. 
Unfortunately, it became apparent that the business was not as successful as Mr. Allen had hoped, and we were forced to return to the United States. Well, this begs the question, what did the Allens feel about returning to the United States? Happy? Relieved? Glad to be returning to Virginia? Actually, we have a letter that I think answers that. This is a letter that John Allen wrote to his business partner, Charles Ellis, regarding the family's thoughts about the move back across the seas. The letter is just a few sentences long and is from Edgar Allan Poe, The Man, by Mary E. Phillips, published in 1926. Mr. Poe, I have a copy of the text here, and uh, would you read it for us? Certainly. 1820-17 March. John Allen to Charles Ellis. The truth is, Charles, we have erred through pride and ambition. I hope we shall yet have an opportunity to conduct our business like sensible and reflecting men. I shall leave the house and furniture standing, live it out for twelve or eighteen months, ready, should we be in condition, to prosecute our business. If impossible, it is easy getting rid of the furniture, home and all, rather the old way. I I would return farmer or planter. This is a private letter. We must support and encourage each other. F. Mr. Poe, I assume he means Francis Allen. Mr. Bartley, that, that assumption seems most reasonable. Now, where was I going? Uh, uh, F. is getting better. She has to learn what a pleasing sensation is experienced on returning home, even in hot weather. Thank you, Mr. Poe. Ah, yes, I must point out that before returning to the United States, Mr. and Mrs. Allen and Miss Nancy left London to make a brief farewell visit to Mr. Allen's Scottish sister. And could you remind us who Miss Nancy is? This was just prior to the Allens' return to the United States. And this time, an individual by the name of Mr. James Galt became a new addition to our party when we crossed the Atlantic. Yes, thank you for mentioning James Galt. I know that uh, John Allen was to later inherit a huge amount of assets from William Galt, but was not familiar with James Galt. But upon doing some research, it turns out that uh, James Galt was John Allen's executor and extremely important as an eyewitness and writer regarding many of the events of your life. But I'll save the contributions of James Galt to a future episode. He seems to deserve an entire episode of his own. I can certainly understand why the contributions of Mr. James Galt have been immeasurable. But regarding the voyage back to the United States, Mr. Allen later wrote one of his London friends, a Dr. Neil Arnott, I arrived at New York July the 21st after a passage of 36 days. The ocean was very rough. Mrs. Allen and Miss Valentine suffered from seasickness. It is of other record they reached Richmond via Norfolk, August the 2nd, 1820. 
Because Mr. Allen's own house was leased by invitation, he shared the home of Mr. Ellis on the southwest corner of 2nd and Franklin Streets and opposite their beautiful rose garden of Linden Square. As August the 2nd found Mrs. Ellis away from home, her husband wrote to her, Mr. and Mrs. Allen, Nancy and Edgar arrived, and you would be surprised to see what health and color Mrs. A has. They are quite well satisfied at our home, and I make out not as well as you do. They are a little Englishized, but it will soon wear off. Talk of spending part of this month in the country, going to Stanton. Interesting that the city of Stanton was thought of as country then. Ah, yes, I must add that the major conflict between Mr. Allen and myself was still, uh, how should I articulate it, Uh, was still somewhat in its latent state. Now, as I understand, Mr. Poe, in your reincarnation as a ghost, you spend a great deal of time in various libraries reading about, well, who else? Reading about yourself and what various scholars have written about you. This is quite true, Mr. Bartley. Let me give you an example. Mr. Edward M. Alfred, a man who witnessed the relationship between Mr. Allen and myself, has written in unpublished recollections of Edgar Allan Poe, published in 1901, that, quote, Mr. Allen took the deepest interest in Edgar's literary efforts and ambitions. Old citizens of Richmond say he loved Poe most tenderly, treated him as his son. One friend of Mr. Allen's told Mr. Alfred he often witnessed the association between Poe, when a boy, and Mr. Allen, and it was most admirable in its affection. Mr. Allen made Edgar his companion, walked with him, read with him, and took him with him wherever he went, and once said to a friend, Edgar is wayward and impulsive, but that is to be expected from genius. He will some day fill the world with his fame. Unfortunately, that opinion was to change, assuming Mr. Allen ever did feel true pride in his son. One might say, in in response to that observation, I will take my leave. Farewell, Mr. Bartley. Goodbye, Mr. Poe. In the next episode, I hope to put the finishing touches on my material about rhetoric in Shakespeare and Poe. Mr. Poe will definitely be back for that episode, as well as the debut of Mr. Shakespeare in this podcast. They will both discuss their educations in England, education in subject matter that was a lot more similar than you might think. Both Poe and Shakespeare were said to concentrate on classical education during their youth and schemes of rhetoric that were common to both writers. We believe that Shakespeare studied rhetoric at the local school in Stratford-on-Avon and Poe, of course, at Stoke Newington, as well as the day schools that Poe attended in Richmond, Virginia, when he returned to the United States from England. 
this is subject matter that I literally have been working on for years, though not specifically for this podcast, and I'm very excited to share it with you. Sources for this episode include Edgar Allan Poe, The Man by Mary E. Phillips, Edgar Allan Poe, a critical biography by author Hobson Quinn, The Poe Log, a documentary life of Edgar Allan Poe by Dwight Thomas and David K. Jackson, The Reason for the Darkness of the Night by John Tresh, Poe and Place by Philip Edward Phillips, Hourly History, Edgar Allan Poe, A Life from Beginning to End, Biographies of American Authors, Book 3, The Complete Works of Edgar Allan Poe by Edgar Allan Poe, edited by Thomas Alive Mabbitt, Edgar Allan Poe, The Man by Mary E. Phillips, and Unpublished Recollections of Edgar Allan Poe by Edward M. Alfred. 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 Unpublished Recollections of Edward Allan Poe by Edward M. Alfred. 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 I'll get it right. Okay. Thank you for listening to Celebrate Poe.